Chapter 3 of St. Joseph of Cupertino. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. St. Joseph of Cupertino by Rev. Angelo Pastrovici. Translated by Rev. Francis S. Lang. Chapter 3 Fellow Citizen of the Seraphic Francis. Upon the command of the Holy Office, Joseph had left Naples for Rome with important messages for the Father General of the Order. During this journey his spirit was absorbed in contemplation of divine things. On seeing the Holy City the center of the Catholic world, he desired to enter it in poverty, after the example of his Holy Father, St. Francis. When, therefore, they had come to the walls of the city, he bade his companion, Brother Louis, to lay their last piece of money a small silver coin on a stone for the benefit of the first one who should pass. When Joseph arrived at the monastery of the Twelve Apostles within the city, the Father General, John Baptist Baradicelli, who had never before met him, received him at first with great reserve and forbidding mien, for the message of the Holy Office directed him to send Joseph to some solitary monastery. The general had the most secluded room of the monastery assigned to him, with the injunction to remain there till further disposition were made. The general had in mind to send him to one of the smallest and most secluded monasteries. Meanwhile, it pleased God to reward the humble resignation of his servant amid such great and painful trials by revealing his holiness, not only to his brethren in religion, but even to the cardinals and the supreme head of the church, Pope Urban VIII. The Pope commanded the Father General to send Father Joseph to a monastery in which the rule was most perfectly observed. This caused the Father General to alter his plans and to send Joseph to the monastery at Assisi. The command gave the saint great pleasure, for he had long desired to live near the tomb of his holy father, St. Francis. Without delay he therefore set out with Brother Louis and, full of joy, arrived at Assisi the last day of April, 1639. Joseph's joy was of short duration, for God wished to try his servant anew, and, as it were, by fire, by withdrawal of consolation, by persecutions, temptations, and spiritual dryness, which should purify his soul more effectively than the earlier trials at Crotella. Soon after Joseph's arrival at Assisi, Father Antony of St. Mare was appointed custos of the place. Although as provincial of the province of Bari, he had tenderly loved Joseph and taken him for his companion. He now, certainly not without the design of heaven, changed his conduct. He treated the pious Joseph at first with haughtiness, then with contempt, and finally threatened and repeatedly punished him, calling him a useless hypocrite and publicly reproving him as such. The courageous saint regarded all this as a source of merit, and not only bore these bitter reproaches and accusations in silence, but evinced even greater humility and greater readiness to serve his superior. In addition to these trials on the part of the custos, the Lord began gradually to withdraw the, the consolations which had heretofore given Joseph courage. The saint had no longer either ecstasies or heavenly delights. On the contrary, he experienced aridity during spiritual reading, when praying the divine office, at the holy sacrifice of the Mass, in short, in all divine things. God seemed to be deaf to his voice, unmoved by his tears, insensible to his requests, so that poor Joseph was oppressed by a deep gloom, which seemed to break his heart and manifested itself in his dim and tired eyes. The devil frequently assailed the saint with terrible temptations, suggesting to him impure thoughts and disturbing his sleep by most hideous dreams. 
to these assaults, which lasted almost two years, Joseph, though terrified, offered continual resistance, so that the inner citadel of his soul remained firm and unshaken. God's superabundant grace strengthened him in keeping with the severity of his sufferings. Remembering the delights of spirit he had enjoyed when near Our Lady of Grotella, whom he was wont to call his mother, Joseph thought of returning thither. To a fellow religious, he said, I should like to return to Our Lady of Grotella, for she is my mother. The Father General, however, learning of Joseph's unrest, summoned him to Rome to keep him there during the whole of Lent, 1644. While on the way with his companion, he was seized with a great desire to return to his beloved shrine of the Blessed Virgin, and thought of asking his superior for leave to go. In his soul, however, he heard the voice of God, chiding him because of this innocent but vain desire, and saying, What desirest thou? What seekest thou? What demandest thou? Am I not the same here as there? Enlightened by these words, Joseph stood still, raised his eyes to heaven, and said to his companion, My brother, we shall soon return to Assisi. And indeed, after a brief stay at Rome, where God again opened to him his bountiful hand, and made him partake of heavenly sweetness and ecstasies of love, Joseph returned to Assisi. His return was a source of joy to the religious and the citizens of Assisi. On his arrival he was led into the church, and seeing on the ceiling a picture of Our Lady, similar to that at Grotella, he cried, Ah, my dear mother, you have followed me, and was lifted about eighteen paces into the air, as if to embrace the picture. Several days later, on seeing a true copy of the Virgin of Grotella, which Father Michelangelo Catalano, assistant to the general, gave to him, he repeated the ejaculation, Ah, my mother, hastened toward the picture, and with his eyes fixed upon it remained a long time in delightful ecstasy. Joseph was now formally adopted into the family of the conventuals of the Sacro Convento. The city council by unanimous vote conferred on him honorary citizenship, and a delegation was sent to present to him the diploma. The saint received the delegates in his cell, and so delighted was he to become a fellow citizen of St. Francis, as he expressed himself, that he was robbed of the use of his senses, and lifted in ecstasy almost to the ceiling. End of chapter 3